Jeannie Flavelle's Hot Commodity Podcast Series. Empowering clients with commercial intelligence, supply chain expertise, and risk management solutions. Good afternoon, everybody, and happy Friday. My name is Nicole Thomas, VP of Information Services here at McKinney Flavel, and today is July 28th, 2023, and welcome to our Hot Commodity Podcast. I have a very special guest. You know, I I, I feel weird even calling you a guest because we, we seem to tag team these podcasts a lot, um, but welcome, Eric Thornton, Commodity Specialist here at McKinney Flavel. How you doing, Eric? Hey, I'm doing good, Nicole. What's happening? Uh, I am getting prepped for the start of school. Yay! Already? Wow. I know. We Jeez. go back early in Georgia. Yeah, we start next week. Wow. And okay. um, it's bittersweet. I have enjoyed uh, this summer break with my son, but <laughs> I also appreciate something for him to do between nine o'clock and sure, 3.30, right. Monday through Friday. <laughs> now are those school supplies uh, seeing increases like we're seeing in food and beverage and, and the commodities? Oh yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> I will say that I now for things like crayons and pencils, you can get great deals. I think I got a box of crayons for fifty cents. I'm not exaggerating. Wow. Yeah. Um, but uh, the inflation, so to speak, for me is that these days you got to buy not just supplies for your own but supplies for the classroom. So uh, paper towels, uh, sandwich bags, wow, okay. hand sanitizer. Yeah, all those sorts of things. Interesting. Um, yeah. Oh, you, you'll understand very soon here, <laughs> sir. He'll <laughs> be here before I know it, even though he's only eight months. But uh, I'll be doing the same thing you will be uh, going through now. So Exactly. With his, with his little cute self. Uh, shout out to Rory. How you doing, Rory? <laughs> um, so uh, as much as we're entertaining, I'm sure folks want to hear about a little bit more than uh, back to school shopping. And today we're going to talk about a very hot topic impacting multiple markets, uh, Ukraine mm -hmm. and the happenings over there and potential impact on a few markets. And let me uh, just do one quick plug here. Uh, for our listeners, one thing we're going to talk about here is oils. We, we will be making this an extended podcast, so there will be some premium content available on the IQ platform for our clients, really talking about the edible oil side of things. A lot of, a lot of volatility in that market right now, so I'm sure there's a lot of questions. And two, next Friday's podcast, we're going to have a special guest uh, all the way from Austria, uh, our friends from VFI, a oil product uh, producer, supplier out of Europe for a lot of specialty oils, including organic, uh, GM-free, as well as sunflower, uh, which I, another one I know people are very interested in. We'll have them on the podcast next week. Uh, so you definitely don't want to miss that uh, for all of our listeners who uh, dabble in the specialty oil space. So we'll talk about that uh, next week. But for now, Let's jump right in here, Eric, uh, and I'm going to hand it over to you to start uh, cool. and talk okay. about that wheat impact from from the last couple of weeks. Yeah, sounds good. And and for those that uh, caught my webinar on wheat last Wednesday, obviously we were fairly fresh, you know, two days removed from the quote unquote official closure of the Black Sea Export Corridor, and really that's been one of the major market focuses. Of the last two weeks, you know, we've 
we've been talking to many clients, had many calls, and I think Nicole and I have both tag teamed this current period of volatility <laughs> explained by war and weather, war and weather. So definitely uh, very topical, leading to a lot of uh, uh, uncertainty. You know, obviously there was a lot of pessimism leading up to that deadline of the 17th where Russia was going to pull out. That certainly obviously took place. Mm -hmm. And we saw uh, an intensification of attacks (laughs) that Russia was basically going after virtually every Ukrainian port in the Black Sea, uh, causing damage to storage bins, infrastructure, you know, rail lines, etc. So definitely got the market very concerned. You know, wheat prices alone uh, had moved up about 15% over the last two weeks up until this past Wednesday. So definitely caught the market off guard, it appears, with that sort of price reaction. And obviously the, the major concern was how will Ukraine get grain out of out of the country and to the market. So wheat obviously quite important. You know, they are definitely down over the last two years since the war has broken out versus years past, but still Ukraine was expected to export five percent of that global wheat share. And I think you're gonna to touch on corn and, and oils a little bit after me, but um, even more corn, 10% of the global corn export share. Mm-hmm. So some concerns there, how they're going to get that out, um, and even a little bit of concern of uh, uh, if Russia will be able to fully export their very large export share, uh, 22% of all wheat exports. So when you add them up, that's almost a third uh, of the wheat considered for export with those two countries. Um, And and that obviously doesn't really uh, bode well for supporting those major importing nations, those that really rely on wheat for for food use, so those in the Middle East, um, as well as North African countries. So kind of the scarcity, famine, food, and, and hunger issues, definitely a very legitimate concern. And obviously, these two countries support a lot of those regions. So that was, I'd say, the initial reaction. But I would also comment that this week took another level up of mm-hmm. of concern exactly uh, as over the weekend russia not only you know continued to attack the ports of odessa around the black sea but they also turned their attention towards the danube river which is another outlet that ukraine was able to to move grains and even could connect down into uh romania and and use their terminal to to ship via the Black Sea that route. So they, being Russia, uh, also turned their attention there. Uh, We saw wheat prices limit up this past Monday when people got him back into the office, um, you know, pushing KC and Minneapolis wheat prices back up above $9 a bushel. You know, we haven't seen those prices in those markets since late 2022. Uh, Chicago wheat was making a run back up near $8, high sevens per bushel. We haven't seen those prices since February. So we're talking about, you know, five to eight month highs. Again, a very precarious situation. But I would say as the week moved on, you know, certainly there was there's still been some attacks uh, on these ports, but um, maybe not quite enough information to keep feeding the bull. So we've seen prices sort of retrace on wheat, that is really since about Wednesday of this week, so the last three trading days. And some of, uh, even 
helping that you know depreciating price was a little bit of maybe optimism of well there's there's talks ongoing currently with Ukraine uh, the UN and NATO of hey what can we do to have a contingency plan if this agreement or the the corridor if if you will is going to be remain closed for a long period of time you know increase trucking assets uh, boosting rail car availability, et cetera, to get more grains out via land into Europe and maybe using other NATO countries to help and support those efforts. But, you know, really the Black Sea ports and, and combined with the Danube River, that, that accounts for about 75% wow. of exports. So you're talking about uh, really only 20, 25% of normal capacity available to move uh, grains and oil seeds out. And even with some maybe optimism, it's going to be challenging to uh, see normal export levels at uh, four to six million metric tons per month. But, you know, I think the longer this plays out, um, you know, obviously the more supported prices will be. But, um, you know, for the most part, I think fundamentals are also starting to sneak back in just a bit into wheat. And, you know, we're right around the corner of harvest. So I think, um, you know, prices will probably have a little bit of a seesaw battle there. And I I think in our premium content, we're going to go into maybe more of that timing and kind of price expectations. But obviously, until the foreseeable future, you know, without that Black Sea opened up or if this, you know, is going to play out for weeks, perhaps months, you know, this, this could be very supportive for wheat and obviously one of the main market drivers. So that's uh that's what we're seeing in the latest and greatest on on wheat as it's related to the war yeah you you mentioned uh i think a key component that applies to anything coming out of out of ukraine and and uh i'll take that as kind of a segue to get into to corn and sunflower oil but you know 70 75 of the export shipments coming from you know either the the ports on the sea or the ports on the river Certainly, certainly a scary proposition. And when I think about uh, corn, you know, from from my standpoint, the other two big markets in terms of of Ukrainian exports historically uh, would be corn and sunflower oil. Mm-hmm. And considering those two items, I I sort of look at this as a a, a tale of two commodities, uh, starting with corn. Impact there, uh, I would say, has has certainly had some supportive effect on futures. Eric and I have both spoken to to clients ever since all this began and said, you know, as long as uh, this this conflict is ongoing, you will see some sort of premium in the market uh, related to it, and that's you know sort of irrespective of what may be happening with the underlying uh, supply and, and demand fundamentals for those respective markets. And in the case of corn, yes, we saw the, the reactionary impact on, on futures, uh, strengthening them, strengthening them a bit. But as you started with, with Eric, it's, it's not just uh, war when it comes to corn, it's also been weather in the North American market. But uh, there's one huge thing that corn buyers uh, have going for them as it relates to the potential impact of prices with all of this unfolding uh, in the Black Sea. And that's we are in the midst of uh, harvesting the safrina crop in Brazil. So 
unlike when this all started and we were coming off of very, very tight global stocks, which, you know, we, we still have a, a little bit of tightness there, but there's a lot of room for improvement in 23, 24. Uh, but certainly with the, the huge Brazilian crop this year, uh, we're not quite in that, you know, dire scenario that we were last year with just the prospect of Ukrainian supplies, uh, existing supplies not getting into the market as well as impact on production uh, for 22-23. And I think that is a saving grace for corn. Again, with, with all that's going on uh, in Ukraine, you're going to have some support in the futures market. So there's a limit to the downside, but this better global scenario, including availability out of Brazil, I think also limits the upside this time around. And we've since seen a little retracement in that corn market as well going lower. Now, shifting gears to sunflower oil, different scenario. Number one, if we look at kind of global consumption and what has been occurring over the course of the last three to four months, we've had a bit of a glut of inventories of sunflower oil in Europe. We, we saw the uh, impact of, you know, having that grain corridor agreement and how that allowed for more sunflower oil to be exported through the ports. And we've also discovered these workarounds, um, again, you know, not so much now with, with what's going on at, uh, with ports along uh, the Danube River, but um, between rail car uh, movement uh, and being able to get at least the sunflower seed out for processing elsewhere, uh, that that led to an increase in, in, in supply availability. And two, when all this began last year, we saw both U.S. and global users, frankly, start to look at those formulations and consider what are my alternatives as it relates to uh, edible oil in this product. So, even from a demand from a demand standpoint, the consumption isn't as strong as it uh, would have normally been, and that has led to an abundance of of supply. Well, that supply was being gobbled up by mostly India and China, uh, as it was the cheapest oil available, and that was beneficial also for palm oil prices. We've had kind of up and down year <laughs> thus far with production, but we didn't have a huge draw on exports to really start pressuring those, those stocks of palm oil, uh, and accordingly has helped to keep everything, you know, reasonably tame. And we go back to April, uh, early May of this year, and we were seeing, you know, deflationary pressure on, uh, edible oil prices pretty much across the board. Now with this happening and there being greater risk, uh, in the sense that, you know, vessels, may not even be able to acquire insurance going in and out of the Black Sea, uh, particularly now that both sides, starting with Russia, made the statement that, you know, anything that comes through here we see as a threat, that doesn't fare well for a continuation of good movement of sunflower oil out. Now, again, not saying that we can't uh, get movement, just saying it's going to be far more cumbersome and far more expensive than it would be otherwise, which then makes palm, a more competitive oil. And we have started to see a little shift of consumption uh, within India and China towards palm. So the impact of all this for edible oils has been a supportive force. And uh, as you mentioned, Eric, we're going to talk more about how vegetable oil buyers can can uh, prepare for this and what 
what to do at this point in our premium content. But I would say the big takeaway here for anything coming out of the Black Sea right now is is that we we will continue to see that premium in the market. And hopefully as Northern, uh, Northern Hemisphere harvest gets underway uh, in the coming months here, we'll, we'll see some retracement here, get some pressure on things and, and the market will settle down uh, barring any additional kind of negative news out of Ukraine. And you and I both know that that could go, that could definitely go either way. So mm-hmm. um, kind of takeaway here is vigilance and patience. Uh, for the time being with some of these products. So, I don't know. You think we did a good job of uh, running through that for folks, Eric? I think so. I mean, if I'm a listener, I think that was pretty informative. Um, Perfect. But like you said, it's a very fluid situation. So really got to make sure uh, you know current clients or folks are really checking in often on the platform or with us because it's changing almost every day. Absolutely concur there, sir. Absolutely concur. All right. That wraps up our weekly hot commodity podcast. I want to thank everyone for listening in. Uh, and as our fearless leader, Mike always says, live with an attitude of gratitude. And until next time, take care, everyone. That concludes this podcast episode. For expanded commentary and more detailed information, log on to McKinney Favelle's IQ Ingredient Intelligence Platform and listen to our Market Insights podcast. If you're not a subscriber, visit bikini-favel.com for more information. And as always, follow us on YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter.